Hey guys, welcome to the Sanctuary of Quest Church, and we're so glad that you are watching tonight. And I know we say it all the time, but let me reiterate it one more time. Please hit your share buttons and your likes and your thumbs and your hearts and <laughs> comments and tag a friend and all of those good things you do. Tonight's going to be a real fun night, and uh, I'm certain that you're going to enjoy it as well as be informed and enlightened concerning the subject of cooperation. I'm sure God is going to touch you in a powerful way. Um, let's pray before we get going, shall we? Father, yeah. I thank you for all the people that will watch this. Thank you, and I Lord. pray, God, that there would be uh, impartation that would go forth from this table. Yes, God. I thank you for Pastor Christian and Pastor Josh and what they mean to Quest Church and to the body of Christ. And, Father, we just thank you for those hundred and some odd souls yes, that yes, have been God. saved over this season uh, through this avenue thank of ministry. We're so grateful yes. that you have used us in that capacity. And we ask you, God, to continue to advance your kingdom through this incredible church here in Norman, Oklahoma, through Quest Church. And we're just so grateful to be on the team and to be a part of this ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, what a time we had yesterday, huh? Awesome. Man, it was a good time. It was incredible. I was shocked at how many people showed up. I know. And then um, the move of God is like fire fell <laughs> in the parking lot. It got real. It did. Yeah. It got real. I mean, we had people shouting, and yeah. mm -hmm. the altar call was great. Mm -hmm. You know, it was it was just a really good time. And I just want to tell the people that were there, thank you for coming, and we really appreciate it. Um, God has really laid something on my heart. You know, I talk to pastors, as I say, all the time, and and uh, it's a unique. We've said it a hundred times, but we're in uncharted waters. No doubt. We've never pastored in a season like this, so pastors are learning how to pastor in this season. And I was thinking um, how that pastoring can be tedious at times, and mm -hmm. some people don't understand the weight right. that you carry and just making daily decisions. Mm -hmm. But when yeah. you come into a season like this, that weight is compounded some. Um, and I just want to encourage you guys. Tonight. We're going to leave you tonight feeling great about your yeah. future, right? And um, I was thinking today about what every pastor looks for in leaders is uh, two things, participation and cooperation. All yeah. right. Yeah. You, know, you know, pastors want their people to be involved, and they want them to be involved with the right spirit. Right. So participation and cooperation, meaning action and attitude. Mm -hmm. so, you know, not, not just involved, but involved with a good attitude. That's right. Yeah. So that's cooperation. So participation. We need you there. Right. If you're going to be a leader and your church is doing something, mm -hmm. you should be there. Uh, that's number one. And then number two, your participation, then your cooperation is your attitude, if you're there or not. You know, attitude is everything. So Paul writes this church at Philippi, and this is a pastoral prayer, if I've ever heard it. Yeah. I'm going to read it guys, and then we'll get going, okay? Right. He said, verse 3, Philippians chapter 1. This is from the Amplified Version. I thank my God in every remembrance of you. I thank God every time I think of you. That's what mm -hmm. he's saying. Always offering every prayer of mine with joy. So he's saying, when I do pray for you, I'm praying for you with joy. For all of you. And he said, I thank my God. Listen to this. I thank God for your fellowship, your cooperation, your contributions, and your partnership. Do you hear that? I thank God for your fellowship, your cooperation, your contributions, 
and your partnership in advancing the good news or the gospel from the first day you heard it until now. And then in verse 6, here's this word of encouragement. I want to speak this over all of your lives tonight. I am confident and convinced of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect it and complete it until the day of Jesus Christ or the time of his return. And that's my prayer for all of you tonight. Whether you're a member of Quest Church or you're a Quest partner or member of the body of Christ, I'm praying that for you tonight. So, guys, I was thinking today, you know, in this season, things are tense. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's no doubt about it. And um, in those times, we've said before that pressure squeezes the character out of the person. And we've gone through all of those dynamics. Um, I was talking to Giovanna today, as I do all the time, about these words I'm going to bring forth. And she said, you know, babe, she said the two things that we need in this season, there's two words on my mind. I said, what is it? And she said, consideration and cooperation. Mm. Boy, isn't that true? Yes. It's so uncomfortable to wear those masks. Who wants to do that? Right. Right? Mm -hmm. But that's consideration. Right. Right? You're you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for others. Right. Um, So consideration and then the attitude of cooperation. Um, I want to just start with this. It's possible to cooperate with your leaders and not compromise your convictions. That's the truth. Absolutely. Right? So cooperation is just so important. We see it all through Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Have you ever tried to build anything with helpers that are not cooperating? That's hard to do. It's frustrating. Yeah. So um, let's let's begin just to delve off into that some, guys. Uh, Josh, what do you – any commentary? Yeah, I think you, you said it best a second ago. This is a really tense time, you know, and it, it squeezes us and yeah. it, it pushes out what's on the inside of us during seasons like this. And I think it's important uh, when you say the word cooperation to fall in step. That's the best word I know to use. I like yeah. that. Yeah. With your leader, whoever that may be. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what's the point? The, the, what's, why am I saying that? Because um, I, I wrote this down earlier today, and I, I think this is a kind of a good way to start. Just because you're passionate about something doesn't give you a voice to it. Mm. Wow. Wow. Um, just you, you have a voice when you operate in purpose and you've paid a price for that purpose. Mm. Wow. That's when you're given a voice, right? Yeah. So in seasons like this, like we hear everybody's voice. Some people are real pro, don't open, don't open, don't open. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's the whole other side that's like we should have been open three weeks ago. Right. Yeah. And and then like as a church, so I'm I'm not going to address all of that. What I will address as a church, there's the there's the pull from one side to let's get started, and then there's the pull from the other side let's not. And I think it's important, Pastor Rick. You've been in ministry for 40 years now, mm-hmm. almost 40 years. Right at 40 years. Right at 40 years. And, and sir, I've been with you in lockstep for many of those years. And How I, many years? 23. That's a long time, Josh. <laughs> and so, actually, I've known you for 30, but I've been in ministry with you for 22, now 23 years. Yeah. And, and I can just say this. The experience that you have, the price you've paid for where you are, 
gives you a voice to yeah. lead in moments like this. Mm. I said all that to get back to the idea of cooperation. Because when you lead this house, there's other houses that you lead, that you oversee, but you lead this house. Mm -hmm. And the importance of you leading this house is that those who also lead with you or are leaders mm -hmm. or are influencers in the house, whether you're, you carry the same message or conviction or not. Yeah. It's imperative that us as leaders that are under your cover or leadership that we share the same voice, yeah. especially in public. Yeah. I heard somebody say this uh, concerning leadership. I don't, I don't remember who it was, but they said, it, you need to be a fan in public. You're a critique. You're a critic in private. Wow. Hmm. You can That's have true. that conversation in private, but in public, you're a fan. Hmm. You're promoting. You're pushing. You're going. And so as a leader in your church or in your organization or whatever, it's good to ask yourself the question, is what I'm expressing, is what I'm pushing or passionate about, yeah. is, is it lockstep with my leader mm. or is it not? Wow. That's a really good Am point. Am I setting funky point. vibes that yeah. are contrary to what he's saying? Yeah. Mm. That's important to ask because, like you said, cooperate, or there's two words, right, mm -hmm. that every pastor is looking for, action right. and, and attitude. attitude. Right. Yeah. Participation and cooperation. I, I, I'll caveat on that a little bit, Josh. And I want to say to all of you that are watching, you must know that these guys got these notes about 30 minutes before <laughs> we started. And, and so they just read through what I was supposed to say, and then they had to develop their own stuff that they're going to say. That's pretty good, Josh, just for, to be that quick. But, you know, the Bible does say be instant in season and out of season. Right. So uh, yeah. I appreciate you guys um, spontaneously taking these notes and mm -hmm. coming on here with me. But, um, Josh, you said something about passion, and, and it's interesting you brought that up because as a leader, as a pastor with leaders, it's very important that you take note of the voices from your leaders. Uh -huh. And so, in other words, in seasons like this, there will be a voice of passion that comes out of them. Here's, here's what I wrote this morning when I was in prayer. When you express your passion in any way, when you express your passion you reveal your pursuit. Mm. Wow. Your pursuit, uh, what, what you are pursuing is obviously part of your purpose or you would not be so passionate about it. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to read that all one more time, okay? When you express your passion, you reveal your pursuit. What you are pursuing is obviously a part of your purpose or you would not be so passionate about mm. it. Mm. So here's what I think. And this, I'm, this, this is going to get interesting. I think some people are in the wrong field. Oh, no doubt. For sure. They're in the wrong yeah. place because they don't, they don't shout about and scream about some of the stuff they're involved in. But now they are. You know, yeah. everybody is saying, I'm passionate about this. Yeah. I told a guy not too long ago, he's really strong in the politics. I said, man, you should run for office. You need to be a councilman in your city. No doubt. Because he was complaining about, that's all he does is about his city, where he lives in Louisiana, Louisiana. And so I was like, man, run for councilman. Yeah. If that's your passion and you're so passionate about local government, 
then get you an office. Yeah. And uh, now I'm not saying, of course, that we should strip the voices of the voters. Of course, that's not the, what democracy is, and I'm not going to even insinuate that. But I'm just trailing along that path of passion. I don't mean to, to, to dive in here, I guess, but right in lockstep with that. I'm not going to go to – that's why I said a minute ago that you – you develop a voice or you have a voice when you're operating in and have paid a price for purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. And, and like you said, I'm, I'm, my references here have nothing to do with the voice of a voter or an American or anything like that. That's not what this is in regards right. to, but I think it's important to see this, uh, this point here. If I'm going to go hear a lecture on law and there's a doctor, a medical doctor that's giving the lecture, I'm probably not going to go. And if I do to gain his insight concerning law, then that either makes him crazy or me because he's a <laughs> medical doctor. Right. And either case, if right. I follow his lead, we're both going to end up somewhere we never intended to be. Mm. Right. Because the person you want to follow is the person that paid the price in learning, yeah. paid the price in training, and paid the price in experience to be, have that voice yeah. to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how they develop a voice in that moment. And so what I see is that your voice has to be consistent with your purpose in order for it not to be noise. Mm. Mm. Otherwise, your voice sounds like noise. So if you're now, – now, to your point, Man, that's good, if, you're, if you're sharing or your voice <laughs> is crying out of a position – where you're out of position, you're out of purpose, you're not in the right place, but your voice is consistent with where you're supposed to be, yeah. right. it still sounds like noise. Yeah, Because so you're true. crying from the wrong place. Man. Wow. Or, or maybe you're supposed to be inhabiting this place, yeah. but you're over here That's talking strong. about this, and it still sounds like noise. When yeah. your voice is consistent with your life or your purpose, I believe it's easy, easy listening. So I would say that, like, kind of what you were talking about, your talent and your passion are two different things. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. What your gifts are and what you're passionate about. Because, you know, I had a talent to sell. You know, I had a talent to talk to people and one-on-one connections. And so I used to do, like, network marketing, and I used to sell gym memberships, right? But I had a talent for it, but I wasn't passionate about the product. <laughs> wow. Right? And so then once I switched what I was actually promoting, and I started – you know, I got into ministry and I started using the gifts and talents God gave me where I was using it in the wrong place. It was noise. Right. Yeah. But then when I use it in the right place, when I match my talent with my passion, it produces music. Uh -huh. Wow. So, yeah. That's incredible, man. Well, you know, it comes down to also what is what is important to us. Uh -huh. And yeah. so to me, here's what's important to me. What is important to me is Jesus Christ and his kingdom. And his church. Yeah. His people, that's right. So what I'm going to be passionate about is those things. Yeah. So when you hear me talk, mm -hmm. and Jovana said it today, 90% of your conversation is about God, the kingdom of God, right. and his church. Mm -hmm. Well, that's my lane. Yeah. That's my path. That's my measure. That's, that's where I operate. And so when Paul is so adamant about that, mm -hmm. that he writes the church at Corinth and he says, let us all speak the same thing. To go back to what you're, you were talking about. And I think it's very important that you do not only hear the voice of leadership, if you are as passionate about God and his church, wow. that you not only hear the voice of leadership, mm -hmm. but you reverb it. You, re yeah, you, wow. you, echo, yeah. you echo, echo that it. voice. Yeah. And so that's, that's my feeling. Um, 
you know, the principle of inter interdependence becomes purposeful when it is expressed through cooperation. Yeah. I wrote that down today as well. So I'm going to say it again. The principle of interdependence becomes purposeful when it is expressed through the mode of cooperation. Mm -hmm. So it's very important. Now, you know, you can't be in the body of Christ and be on an island to yourself. That's right. Man, that's exactly right. You can't be. Independence is not part of being right. in the body. It's interdependent. The body works together. Yeah. So that cooperation is very important as, you know, a pastor looking at his people. I wrote this today as well. If churches would focus on putting together a family of believers who create a fabric of cooperation, Man. nothing by any means could stop them from My achieving God. their goals. My God. If churches would focus on putting together a family of believers who create a fabric of Man. cooperation, nothing by any means could stop them from achieving their goals. So, so here's, my, here's my thing, guys. I want to know who's repeating. That's right. Wow. I want to know. Okay, so Samuel, the Bible says, God let none of his words fall to the ground when he spoke between two places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Between Beersheba and Dan. Mm -hmm. When he spoke in that region, none of his words fell to the ground. Wow. Why is that? Because that was his geographical place. When you find your place, you find your people. Wow. So the, re the way it did not fall to the ground is it was repeated in the mouth of the people that was My with goodness. him. Wow. So it was never futile words. It was never mm. words that just hit, come out of his mouth because the people caught it and carried it. Wow. And if the church has, is, is as important as it should be, we should be repeating yeah. the prophetic voice that we're listening to. We should be reverbing Absolutely. the sound from, that comes from our pulpits. Mm -hmm. Man, listen, following is an art. Uh, absolutely. And, and Paul told the church, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. He had enough courage and confidence and conviction to say, I'm not scared to tell you to follow me. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, you know, today, well, you don't get that. we don't get that yeah. because you know why this generation, Christian, you yeah. can address this. This this generation would rather operate in the mode of collaboration than cooperation. That's, <laughs> oh, that's absolutely, absolutely true. So I was studying Gen Z, obviously, because I'm a youth pastor. And Gen Z is seen as a generation not of consumers, but a generation of publishers. Right? Wow, they're creators. They wanna they wanna be YouTubers. They wanna be TikTok mm -hmm. dancers. They wanna be Instagram famous. Right? They're all publishers and creators and content creators. None of them want, and they've all got blogs, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, everyone wants their voice. And if they're gonna work with people, it wants to be they want it to be collaboration, not mm -hmm. cooperation. Mm -hmm. And because everyone wants to be on their own island, be their own individual person, mm -hmm. and that's Gen Z. Yeah. Everyone feels important. Yeah. And, you know, collab collaboration is something we do as a staff all the time. Oh, but yeah. then there are seasons and moments that I look at you guys mm -hmm. and go, guys, I, I'm not asking for your input right now. Right. I need you to cooperate with me. Say yes. But most of the time we're sitting at a staff table right. at, at the table with us. And I'm asking you guys, mm -hmm. what do you think? Because I'm I'm not dumb enough to believe I'm smart enough. Wow. To know how to do everything to reach every person. Yeah. And so collaboration is important, mm -hmm. but it will never trump cooperation in the advancing Man. of the kingdom of God. See. Because when crises arise, yeah. 
Somebody has to have the lead. Yes, and somebody has that man, lead. Man, Pastor Rick, that is so good. Bec- because the point isn't an argument, right? right. Yes, The yeah. point isn't, right. is your perspective the right one or mm-hmm. is mine? That's not, That's not the, the point. point. Right. When it comes to... And we're using, and for whoever's watching this in any leadership capacity, you can apply this across the board. Of course, we're talking about the body of Christ and the people of God because that's our measure, right? Right. But in the body of Christ, and in this one in particular, if we're not echoing what you're saying, yeah, we create a frustration in progress. Yeah. And in a crisis moment, yes. it's not... If a wolf comes to the sheep pen, yeah, mm-hmm. it is not for every sheep to try to attack that wolf. Right. It is for them to get behind the shepherd and follow his lead. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's the shepherd's responsibility wow. to protect that flock. It is not the alpha ch- sheep. Male. Yeah. yeah. It's not the best idea. That's right. It's not you know the the you know the be- the best revelation. That's it's, right. It's cooperation that yes. gets you through crisis. Yes. In a crisis situation, what a flock does, and that's what we've always been taught as believers right is that we are a flock. the sheep of his pasture that's right yeah. and if that's the if that's the picture the the model that jesus gave us concerning his people and following his shepherds then during a crisis the, mm. the sheep's role is not to scatter yeah the sheep's role is not to take their own path and hope it works out yeah the sheep's responsibility good, is to get behind the shepherd and let the shepherd do his work yeah. which is lead them and protect them yeah yeah that's powerful. You guys are sharing some great stuff, especially this quick. I'm pretty amazed. Um, you know what everyone's afraid of, I think? What's that? Tell us. I think people have a hard time following because they don't want to feel controlled. Man. <laughs> right? So Yeah, for sure. Everybody is like, that's a controlling mm-hmm. spirit. That's a controlling mm-hmm. yeah. spirit. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I get that. There yeah. are two great moves in my walk with Christ that I can remember that were very strong in leadership that it warped into something that it shouldn't have become. Wow. One was the shepherding movement of discipleship back in the late 70s and early 80s. And then in the 90s, the apostolic governing church kind of took the prominent role in leading yeah. the body of Christ. And spiritual fathers were talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. And you had, you had 20-year-old guys calling 45-year-old men their spiritual sons. And it was, it was kind of weird because everyone wanted that title of the apostle. That's and, weird. Yeah, it's really strange. And so <laughs> it became warped, right? Um, and people started taking advantage of it. Wow. And they started manipulating people. And I think that's the reason why some people find it hard to cooperate because they don't want to feel controlled. Here's what I wrote today. Cooperation cannot flourish in environments of manipulation. That's Mm. so good. Cooperation will never flourish in environments Mm. of manipulation. Where control is demanded, cooperation cannot function. So wow. where control is demanded, cooperation cannot function. That's so good. God didn't call you to control people. Right. He called you to lead them. So wow. good, Pastor Rick. God did not call me to control people. Yeah. He called me to lead. And so I wrote this. When I'm forcing you, I'm not leading you. Wow. So I have to force you to do it, and you do it, 
Then I controlled you to do it. I didn't lead you to do right. it. I pushed you to do it wow. instead of leading you to do it. So if I'm always having to force you, then you're not following me and I'm not Man, leading you. That's so true. You said it in a staff meeting when, I, when you first came here as pastor and we first launched Quest, Quest, you talked about initiative versus instruction. Yeah. And you told us that, you know, we're called to, uh, to follow and to serve based upon initiative, yeah. not instruction. So it's supposed to come from a place of, of inspiration, right? Right. And not instruction or control or micromanaging or manipulation. And so you summoned that out of us that, mm-hmm. hey, take initiative over your area and initiative comes from inspiration, and the word inspiration literally means to inhale or to breathe in. Mm-hmm. It means to breathe in the spirit of God, or or it's a prophetic allowance That's uh, to you know to take initiative. And if you're in an environment where you're being manipulated, or if you're a leader and you are operating in manipulation, you are literally silencing the prophetic voice wow. of your people. Man, yeah. That's good, Christian. That's really good. Very, very true. And, um, you know, I, w- I would just say that when, so this is what this has done for me. Okay, Brilliant. so if I'm going to lead and not control, then I have to look for cooperative people. That's right. Right. Yes. To yeah. put in leadership. Yeah. Right. And so it's very important that leaders look for cooperation, listen mm. to me now, and not competition. Man. Okay. Yeah. So here's here's what happens. Many many times, people look at you as a leader as their competition. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go all the way there, Josh. Give me the side eye, like no, be I'm careful. Not. But I'm focused on what you're saying. Don't give me side eye, Josh. <laughs> That's what amigo does when, he, <laughs> when I piece and grab his bone. He's like, give me the side eye. <laughs> But I would just say, um, you know, when you are critiquing your pastor, you must be looking at him as a competition. Wow. You know, so you're called to learn, mm. right? Not, not to critique. And so, you know, I'm not your competition. You know, how many times we've heard, you know, you're preaching and the guy looks at his wife and says, now what he should have said yeah, yeah, and yeah. what he could have said. Mm-hmm. And they're always critiquing you. And, and I don't mind critique. You know, you can take that home with you. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I just think it's very important for us to understand that, man, your, your pastor is not your competition. Wow. He just wants to lead. Yeah. And so I'm trying to help believers today and help pastors as well. And you guys are giving us some good insight. There's a difference in learning and listening. Be careful who, of people who always listen just to critique. All right. All right, let's shift it a little bit. One, yes, two. Sir. All right. So sure. I talked about this this morning. I don't know how I got on this. Your, right. This is your fault. You don't even know it. <laughs> yeah, what did I do? This is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> we were in our staff meeting the other day, and we're on this social media tangent right uh-huh. now, right? Because yeah. this is our avenue. This is our means right now. Yeah. So as you, as you two know, I'm I'm on it every day. Like, what is an algorithm, and, <laughs> and how do we do that, and why don't we have more followers? And, right. And so um, I was saying that in a staff meeting the other week, and Christian goes, "Well, <laughs> he goes, we can get more followers," and I'm like, "Okay, that's what we've been waiting for." 
So he says, well, this is how you do it. You buy them. <laughs> I was like, you buy followers? And he was like, yeah, they're actually fake accounts, but you can actually <laughs> buy them in these companies put them on your stuff and they liken your stuff and there's really not anybody behind it. It's just a facade. It's a fake account. Well, I left that meeting and that thing won't leave me. And so, first of all, I told him, well, buy 100,000 followers, man. But then I started thinking about it and I thought, you know, that's, that's what a lot of pastors do. Mm-hmm. They do. We buy our followers. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's good. We buy them. By saying, you know, come man, come on, I'll, get, I'll let you do this. And and, wow. and and I decided today, I'm just not going to buy followers. Come on now, Bishop. And I don't want to have fake accounts. Yeah. I don't want to have a face with nothing behind it. Mm-hmm. You understand mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't want that's somebody so good, liking, liking my stuff that's not really there. Wow. And so, I, you know, yeah. I started getting convicted about that today. And I want our stuff to be real. And I want real real leaders that are That's really right. with us. Yeah. And we're talking about social media as the example here. Yeah, as But the even example. like with people in person, you know, even if you got a building full of people who are physically here, you don't want to preach to people who aren't here, you know, who are, right. who are not really there the, with yeah. you and, you know, or just taking what you say because you've bought them. I'm, I'm going to give you them. a transaction. Yes. So that you, yes, you are satisfied, and mm-hmm. I am satisfied. That's conditional yeah, leadership. See that? Wow. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna release some kind of value that I have mm-hmm. to you, to you. Yeah. So that you'll do something that satisfies me. Right. Yeah. Instead that's of that's the highest form of manipulation. That's yes. bribery. That's embezzlement. That's the yeah. thief. Mm-hmm. When the thief comes to steal, kill, Preach? and destroy. Yeah. Come on so we're, we, we, I just talked about this Wednesday. It's the only reason yeah. it's on my mind. But it, in, if the thief in that scripture, when Jesus says that, literally means to embezzle, right? Which is to take what you were entrusted, mm. manipulate it fraudulently to benefit yourself. Wow! Wow! That's so buying, when that's pastors, pastors, and trust influence to their people to help them lead large flocks, when that influence is entrusted to you, it's, it's like a transaction. It's like you say, relationships are the currency of the kingdom. And so yeah. you're entrusted with this leadership. I'm entitled to my own opinion, though. Of course you are. But when you're a leader, when you're an influencer in a flock, that leadership wasn't granted to you because you earned it. It was granted to you because it was entrusted to you. Yeah. And yep. so when you don't aren't in cooperation with, with the pastor mm-hmm. in this in this case, you are thieving away. You are wow. embezzling. And in essence, I had to buy wow. your loyalty to appease you somehow. Can I challenge you guys in one more? That's absolutely incredible, Josh. <laughs> I'm about to give you an offering. Come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to reach in his pocket. <laughs> Um, let me let me challenge you guys to one more thing and All we'll right. be done, okay? Bring it. This is going to hit your theological, educational, every area, All okay? Right. Jesus did not say, go and make leaders. No, he didn't. Nope. Wow. He said, go and make learners. Wow. The word disciple is learner. He didn't tell us, you go and make leaders. He said, go and make disciples. When Peter, for example, when Peter sinned, 
He didn't lose his sonship. He lost his, his discipleship. Man. Man. I was going through this today and studying this, and I thought, Peter really messed up. And I really felt the Holy Spirit say, well, he didn't lose his sonship. He just lost a season of discipleship. Wow. He lost some things he could have been learning in a season where he denied his leader. My God. That is so powerful. Because you can, you know, well, well, I'm still saved by grace. Yeah, but are you learning? You know, there's a difference there between your sonship and your discipleship, right? Yep. Because Peter didn't lose his sonship even when he denied That's Christ. Right. But he lost his He lost the season of discipleship. Yeah. So, so watch this. He never, wow. he, here's how he tested their ability to lead. When he chose them, what two words did he say? Follow me. Follow me. Yeah. Hmm. If you can't follow, then you surely can't lead, right? Yeah, that's right. So I, I, wrote, I wrote this down today. If everyone is leading, <laughs> I used to get, I, I'm going to get real vulnerable right now. Come on. I, I've done a few conferences with Miles Monroe, the greatest teacher of purpose I think we've ever seen. He knew purpose inside and out. And I did a couple of conferences with him, and he got on this thing about everyone is a leader. Hmm. Well, generally speaking, that is true because <laughs> everyone has influence on someone. Okay. But I would always challenge him with this. Don't, he would tell people, send your children to school saying, I am a leader. Hmm. Well, I, I have trouble with that because they're not leaders. Right. They're followers. Mm -hmm. So somewhere we miss the art of not fellowship, wow. fellowship. Mm. And I think if we would taught people to be better, better followers in the beginning, we would have more successful leaders mm. in the end. Wow. And so my new word is fellowship. <laughs> I love it. Not join our fellowship, join our fellowship. Come on now. So I, I just want to, you know, I'll end with that. And I, I want you guys to please... Mm -hmm. interject and give your thoughts and feelings on it. But I just, I think we've missed, we've missed some valuable lessons. I think people, people scare away from following because it's some kind of hit on their pride or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, on who they are or yeah. whatever. There is nothing wrong with following. As a matter of fact, I take pride in the fact that I follow you as my leader, as my spiritual leader. I take pride in that. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you're a fantastic leader. Yeah. And you're and I know that if it's in my purpose to do it, which it is, then everything that God has intended for me is coming my way. Yeah. That's what Psalm 133 is all about. Mm -hmm. How good and pleasant it is when the brothers dwell together in unity. Should I have an expectation of you? As a leader? Absolutely. As you your should. pastor, should I'm getting raw now. This is real. Bring should I have an expectation? Yes, absolutely. Chief, you're sitting out here. Britt is sitting out. Should I have an expectation of you? Okay, so is it okay if my expectation is when we do something, you need to participate and you need to cooperate? Would that be all right? Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I, and I think that's how you identify your leader, and that's how your leader identifies you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Wow. So if somebody says, I don't want to participate and I don't want to cooperate, that's fine. You disqualify you yourself. You just disqualified yourself from leadership yeah. at that mm -hmm. point. Now, Christian, all this mm -hmm. for your generation, especially yeah. the generation you're leading, yeah. the one you have influence with, which is mm -hmm. Generation Z, but your own generation, right. the millennial generation, yeah. 
I know I'm old school. You ain't got to tell me because right. I, you, you know, I, I still eat grits with butter and salt, <laughs> not sugar. So, but I and I know that people look at me sometimes and go, "You're so archaic in your thought patterns." So, from an honest perspective, yeah. what does all this sound like to a millennial? I mean, I mean, I've been under your leadership for over a year now, and. I've done nothing but just like absorb both of you. And honestly, I think that I think that my generation craves strong leadership. Wow. I really do. Really? Absolutely. I think that we crave strong leadership. I think that uh, although there is this entitlement, there is this publisher generation mentality, mm-hmm. this collaborative thing, this free agent mentality thing, um, but... At the end of the day, I, I think people want strong leadership. And it's when, in, in just my personal very short-term experience of being a leader, it's when I've been the most passive that I have seen the most frustration coming from the people wow. that are following me. It's when I've been the most hands-on that I've seen the most cooperation and the, mo- and the most positive response. Man. So I really believe they like strong leadership. Great. Even yeah. with Gen Z, when, when we did our Q-turnship last summer for the first time, uh, I led really strong, and I was hard on them. They, they could tell you about a few heart-to-heart talks I had with them yeah. where I kind of railed into them a little bit when they were slacking off. Um, and they, after those hard talks is when they began to see things differently. It's when they began to walk in step. And I used to be afraid of, of being tough, mm-hmm. especially on the youth, because I thought, Ah, this is such an entitled generation. They're just going to leave if I'm hard on them. I found the opposite. Wow. That the harder I am on them or the more I expect of them, wow. and the, har- the, the more hands-on. That is surprising. And the more uh, I hold them accountable, the more they appreciate it. And the more they respond. Absolutely, Absolutely. incredible. And, you know, I mean, Jayla and Haley, yeah. my granddaughters They're are in awesome. our youth group here. And I've just noticed something about them in the last year, and especially the last six months. Every time they come over to my house, we wind up, in those cedar chairs by that fire pit. And if I get up to walk away, they are like, Papa, sit down and talk to us. Hmm. And and it's just that intrigue that they have is kind of what you're referring to. They want leadership. They They want direction. And, of course, they have great parents that already provide that for them. But they want to hear it from their pastor, Papa, as well. Yeah. You know, and they ask me deep theological questions. Yeah. And so that intrigue is is there. Listen, I, I will just... You know, we've been on here a while, and we'll close it down. You guys have any last thoughts? I think just I, I, I do have one thought. Uh, based on everything we said today, if, I, I want to, and probably I don't even need to do this, so Pastor Rick, if, if, if I need you shut me down if, if I need to I got you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of times this can be misconstrued as, as, as an attack or as a uh, uh, a fabrication for control, and mm-hmm. the whole point of this was the fact that we don't want we that. don't right. want that. Right. Um, the whole essence behind the communication is for the key word in and all was just cooperation, which yeah, creates a confluence, mm-hmm. a cooperative effort that can make a difference. Because mm-hmm. that is our our end goal here to advance the kingdom of God and when the people of God can come into that you made the statement at the very beginning there's nothing stronger than that right and so um it's easy to take what's said and maybe fabricate it 
to say, well, you said this. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not the point. Right. The point is that we all come together. Yeah. Good. Man, that's good. I was just, I would just add at the end uh, that uh, when you were asking about my generation or even how I view the way y'all were talking and what y'all were talking about, I, uh, me being so young in ministry, I don't have any clue how, where to go prophetically. I have no idea. I've never been where you've been and kind of what you were talking about, how your passion doesn't permit you to have a voice, right? It's the price you paid for your purpose and the, and the experience That's you've strong, walked man. in that permits you to have the voice. And so as someone who's young in ministry and anyone my age or youth, anyone young in ministry starting out, I, I, I would not do this and try to follow my own sight. There's no way. I'm going to listen to the voice of the one who has walked that That's trail. That's right. And I'm going to listen so good, to his man. leading. That's awesome. Because it would be foolish for me to try and carve a path and recreate the wheel when I could just follow the man who's already walked that trail. That's right. Mm. That's great insight. So let's, let's conclude with this. What is the motivation of this tonight? What is, what is the point? Two things. Number one, I talk to pastors every day, and, and they, are just, they don't know what to do, how to do. And some of them are receiving some hard feedback right now on the way they are doing things. So I thought we would talk about this subject tonight to bring some clarity for them and also maybe people that belong to their ministries. And then secondly, here locally in our church, I just want, you know, I just want to lead cooperative people. Yeah. And um, there's no one that's given us a lot of trouble right now. No. There's just not. Um, but these kind of teachings will alleviate that before it shows up. Mm. And so what I want to do is prepare a path. For example, May the 17th, we're supposed to go to a 9, 10, 30, and 12 o'clock service. 9 o'clock for 60 and over, 10, 30 for A to M, and N to Z at 12. Well, you know, after talking to pastors like I've done all day today and mm-hmm. every day listening to leaders, we may change that yeah. uh, this week and say we're not going to do it on the 17th. Well, you know what I want? What? Just cooperate. Come on. <laughs> just that's it. So we've done all this to yeah. just say, guys, we're trying to figure it out. Yeah. And what we really want is cooperation, not contradiction. Um, and you've done an incredible job. This church has oh, rallied. This church is amazing. It's an amazing church. We have an incredible people yes. and incredible leaders. So I speak the blessing of God over you tonight. I pray you've enjoyed this. Um, and please share it with your friends. And we speak tonight success to you and success, success. to the kingdom of God. God bless.